I want to welcome everybody to the new year and thank you all for being here. Uh, we're going to start our Tuesday, January 2nd regular meeting at 633 to order. And Miss Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Matthew Finn. Here. Councilmember Denise Rogers. Here. Councilmember Terry Nolan. Here. Councilmember Amy Lance. Here. Councilmember Barry Thomas is absent. Vice Mayor Jeremiah Barron. Here. Mayor John Hughes. Here. Thank you, Miss Evans. Yeah. All right, everybody, please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Everybody may take a seat. If you'd like to stand for the invocation, you may do so. Lord of wisdom, we pray that you will bless this meeting. Help us to have fun yet productive discussions that will broaden our perspective. Help us to take the various ideas presented and think of ways to flesh them out. If we do disagree, let it be on content and not on personality conflicts or power plays. Help us to resolve any disputes gracefully, be creative problem solvers, and have great team spirit. Help us to find principles that we all can agree on and put these into action. Amen. 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 Y'all may be seated. Good one. <laughs> uh, item 5A, council announcements about outside meetings and committees. All right, seeing none, we'll move on to items. I do have, okay. I was just playing with my chair for a minute there. Sorry. Um, I heard from St. Mary's Food Bank, and it's not only going to be on the third Thursdays of the month that we're going to have a mobile district food distribution, but they've set the hours now, and it'll be from 12 to 2 p.m. down here at Main Street, um, the town-owned property. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Yes, Ms. Okay, so the Friends of the Library are having their annual meeting on next Monday at from 4 to 6. There will be food. And it's for um, any, any, well, we'll have a, a meeting of the officers and then just a general meeting. So people that are already members or would like to become members are invited to attend at the library downstairs. Uh, next Monday from 4 until 6. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Item 6, public comment on non-agendaized items. The council wishes to hear from citizens at each meeting. Individuals may address the council on any issues within its jurisdiction. Council members are forbidden by Arizona Open Meeting Law from answering your questions, discussing issues raised, or taking legal action on matters raised during public comment. A three-minute speaker limit shall be imposed. Everyone should read the notation on the agenda, which more fully explains the law and the town's procedure rules for public comment. Yes, Ms. Collins.
I have a request for the town council. Um, our current code on agenda packets, which is 30.108, paragraph B, states a digital copy of the agenda packets are to be emailed to council members no later than the Thursday 6 p.m. prior to Tuesday council meetings. It would be really nice if uh, members of the commissions and committees had the same amount of notice and the same opportunity to review meeting material. Thank you for considering that. Bobby Blue Hills. I have a question. Um, on going up into Blue Hills, the guardrail was struck right on the corner, right by the Seventh Day Evangelist Church. It's a swooping left turn. Someone out of control hit the pole, hit the guardrail. Um, I know they replaced the guardrail, but I don't see any reflectivity on it. Markers that are per code. And you would probably like to put a couple chevrons up because at night for new people moving in the neighborhood, it's misleading. They think it might go to the right. And I've noticed the drop-offs are increasingly growing on the edge of roadway, which can pull a vehicle off, which if it's anything greater than, I believe, three inches at the time, you guys could be held liable. Something to think about. You need to pull your shoulders up to the edge of roadway where it's feasible. I mean, when you got the ditcher, you got the ditcher, but there's some sections where people pull off. There's up to a six to eight inch drop off where if someone on a motorcycle was pulling over to the edge, it would pull them off the road. And at this point in time, I'm gonna let everybody officially know I'm going to put in for the town council this upcoming election. Thank you, folks. Yes, Ms. Clough. I just want to thank everybody in the audience for coming. What a great way to start a new year with lots of people. So I just wanted to thank everybody and encourage them to invite their neighbors. And let's just start filling this place up because if 50 people show up, I think they'll have to get us a different council chamber. So maybe since we can't get a building or a new town hall or anything, there's another way to do it. Fill this place up where they have to. Thank you. Yes. Ms. Bagwell. Can I finish something? She just told me I have to okay. okay. I want to thank the three volunteers and the school park got finished today that um, some of us in the community decided to help do. Okay. Christy Bagwell, Dewey Humble. I would like to give a shout out to Public Works. Uh, the reason I would like to is I sent an email to Dan about our street sign being blown off or whatever it was. They immediately came out and put one up. However, the one they put up said that I was South Mingus Mountain Drive. And I didn't even have to complain or say a word. About a week ago, Public Works was out there putting up the proper sign that said Mingus Mountain Lane. So thank you, Public Works. <laughs> All right, Ms. Brooks. Good 
Good evening, Mayor, Council, Mischa. <laughs> uh, there's several things I'd like to talk about tonight. Uh, number one, I am elated to see that all the sconces on the walkout front are lit for once, and not just one or two or none. Uh, that was very nice coming in and, and bringing in my husband and everything. Um, second, I would like to commend everybody that worked on our first uh, Christmas parade, Christmas light parade. It was outstanding. And if I remember right, many years ago, I think Ulysses and I and our family um, attended Prescott's very first one. And I can guarantee, I really think that ours was almost as big as Prescott's first one. It was beautiful. The kids had fun. My grandkids happened to be down from Flagstaff. They had fun. Everybody had fun. It was outstanding, and thank all the citizens and everybody that worked on that and worked very hard on it. Thank everybody that had floats and attended and everything. It was outstanding. Um, now my third issue. <laughs> the driveway into this building and the post office. Uh, Mr. Fields had told me that the citizens probably needed to take a lawsuit. But the last year that I was on the council, we had to negotiate a contract with our uh, property owner, and he demanded an increase for um, public space or public outside space. And he wanted so many cents or, or whatever per square foot. Now, I do believe a driveway should constitute being a public space. And I think that's kind of the introduction into our town of anybody wanting to come in and do business with our, with our town hall or anything. And so I would like to um, charge Mr. Sims and Mr. Fields of getting with our landlord and saying, hey, we consider this our public use space and I think it needs to be brought up to code. I mean, I sit out on the street waiting for people to pull out or whatever until I can get in because there's no way that it's a two-way street. So I think that that needs to be a very high priority. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Move on to item seven. Town manager report, and there isn't one tonight. Well, can I at least yes. address uh, yes, Mrs. Brooks? Uh, uh, we have been contacted by the landlord, and he is sending a, gr a group out to fix it. But he didn't say it went, so we can push on that because he well, has told us that they're supposed to be out. I believe he's collected um, a couple of years of community space or uh, community space out there uh, increase on the rent. So I'm sure he's got the money to to pay for it. Okay, uh, that's all I have tonight. We have a pretty full report. Okay, thank you, Mr. Okay. All right, I'm going to do uh, item eight consent agenda. Motion to approve minutes of October 18th, 2022, regular meeting. Move to approve minutes and present it. I'll second that. All right. Motion made by Mr. Nolan, second by Ms. Rogers. Any discussion on the motion? Okay. Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Council Member Ben. 
Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Mayor Hughes. Yes. Did that pass? Six to zero. Thank you, Ms. Evans. All right. At this time, I'm going to move item I, which is a possible vote to executive session for legal advice. I don't think we're going to need to vote in the executive session. So I'm going to take and move K up to the first agenda item so we don't have people that want to listen to the super fun have to wait here all night for the rest of our discussions. So item K is regular meeting discussion of various matters pertaining to the Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter Superfund site. Mr. Field. Uh, yes, Mayor and Council. Uh, the environmental team uh, has been meeting in discussing uh, different issues uh, affecting the Superfund. And uh, we are bringing forth to the council uh, several recommendations and uh, some information. Uh, number one, we would like to have a regular Superfund briefings to the council and the community uh, each month so that we would set it and allow people to know it's coming up. Um, number two, uh, for information purposes, uh, Jeffrey Daunt with the EPA um, sent us an email uh, on December 22nd uh, at night, and I received it. Um, that was uh, the Friday before uh, uh, Christmas. And uh, actually, uh, the EPA is requesting a meeting that uh, will be held with our environmental group along with ADEQ. Um, they... Uh, they also asked about a copy of our general plan, which we will provide pursuant to our participation plan resolution. And that has set time for review. Um, and finally, uh, we're going to uh, start uh, having public health agency um, uh, reports um, and presentations. And we are setting those up at this point. Uh, U of A has, uh, has offered to do, do those, and uh, we're looking at towards the end of February so we can get enough information out and advertisements to make sure people are there. Um, they'll have a series of three that will occur, and, um, uh, and that's uh, about all we have right now, and we don't need an executive session. As we keep working towards scheduling these meetings, um, I'm just going to keep encouraging you all to reach out to the community members now. Um, we definitely need a good turnout on this. Um, we're, like Dan said, we, we are planning the meeting with EPA. We're, we're hopeful of, of the outcome. Um, we'll see, but we are at a very crucial point right now, and everyone needs to get involved. Um, we also are trying to put together, um, aside from our council regular updates to hold community meetings, the advisory team, um, monthly. 
to answer questions for the public. So I would encourage the public now to start thinking about some questions maybe that they want answers to regarding the Superfund. Anything from basic knowledge to technical questions, you can start submitting those to me um, by phone, email, so we can start planning and organizing some of these community meetings and really get the questions answered that the community wants answered. And that's actually in what is not done uh, section of the agenda, but I'll answer that right now. Um, we have the results. We don't have the analysis that usually comes along with it. That's what is presented to tell us how to remediate it in a, you know, the comparison. So that is important to know on the uh, park especially because the results that came back did show some hot spots. And so we need to know where those are. Um, the uh, public works, we're still waiting on that report. But the preliminary information that was given is that it is not in any levels that we have to be concerned. So you, you did not get the report back, but? No, they got the results. They it's. But there normally is an analysis that goes along with the results. Like a map will tell you where yeah. it is that yes. the, the lead is high and the arsenic is high. Right. And how how we can go about? No, no. We still do that. Yes. Um, and then we haven't received anything about public works, but it's looking that it's good. It's good. It's good at this point. The only problem that we have with public works is the fact that when water drains, most of it drains back through that piece of property. Um, so, who, uh, when, what's, what is the holdup on getting those analysis reports? Uh, because actually when they go through, it's more than just uh, the uh, results. They actually go through, they do comparisons. It's, it's pretty thick report. So we do have the one on the town land because we needed that one as well. We have that one. Now we're waiting on the two others, and I'm expecting that they should be completed sometime this month. And who did the, who did the testing and, uh, and the analysis? We, Is it the same person? No. We went ahead and took the, the test samples. It went to the outside uh, uh, lab, and then the information comes on back. Uh, Spire Environmental does the report. When were those uh, tests taken? Uh, don't recall if it was in August or October. Um, I know that we've had different ones that we did, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was. I, I'll have to look it up. I'm sorry. It just seemed like the community uh, center property, or whatever you want to call it, uh, came back pretty quick, and and yet the park and the public works is actually the one the one with the um, community center did take a while as well, longer than what we expected. So I'll go ahead and I'll check up tomorrow and find out where those are. Okay.
Just a question towards the remarks that Mr. Field just said. Said that the park came back. You didn't get your analysis, but there's hot spots. Now these hot spots on the playground area where kids are still running through, kicking up dust and breathing all this. And if so, why hasn't it been closed? Because you guys pulled the stuff out because you want to put in the basketball court. And then you found out after the fact that you couldn't put some of the equipment back because it doesn't follow the parameters up today. So we kicked up everything. It's open for the public and we're poisoning them. Am I understanding this correctly? Okay, so are the hot spots surface or subsurface? Then? Subsurface. Subsurface. And yeah, that came so in. You go ahead and disrupt the property. That is the issue. So we need to know the standard of actually. Well, that, yes, sir, because you guys removed playground equipment, so you did upset the surface. So it did mix top to bottom, bottom to top to some point, to some extent. And then was the, was the playground equipment removed before the testing or after the testing it would that was removed prior to so then the hot spots would actually legitimize the equipment you removed out if i understand correctly that was prior to uh the information that it may have uh, uh the contaminants may have traveled that far i understand i just wanted to make sure because to be honest with you now i'm not taking my five-year-old to that park because this is something that should have been brought up a whole hell of a lot time earlier. And it's very upsetting. Thank you. Second hearing on ordinance 23-199 amending the zoning map of the town of Dewey Humble to change the zoning designation of assessor's parcel APN 402-09-028W located at 12822 East Main Street from R110 residential single family to C1 commercial neighborhood sales and service. Mr. Phil. Uh, yes, uh, we have Mr. Davis here tonight. Um, if there's any questions on it, this is the second hearing to uh, change the zoning as you remarked uh, from agenda item. Um, so uh, Robert, do you have anything you'd like to present? Uh, no, I'd like to, you know, Mayor and Council, I'd like to request a final vote um, for this ordinance uh, approval and, and get this thing passed. All right. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Nolan. Yeah, I make a motion that we uh, approve Ordinance 23199, amending the zoning map of the town of Dewey Humble to change the zoning designation of assessor's parcel APN 4020928W, located at 12822 East Main Street from R110 residential family to C1 commercial neighborhood sales and service. And a clarification on the address was 12822. Okay, and you had your hand up, Mr. Finn? I was going to second that. Okay. All right, any discussion on it? All right, Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Finn? Yes. Councilmember Rogers? Yes. Councilmember Nolan? Yes. Councilmember Lance? Yes. Vice Mayor Barron? No. And Mayor Hughes? Yes. Okay, that's Council 5 to 1. Thank you, Ms. Evans. All right.
Item 9B, discuss possible action to adopt resolution number 24200, approving the Yavapai County multi Uh, yes, Mayor and Council, if you uh, look to your packet under uh, on page 27 of 39, uh, you'll see a Council communication. And uh, again, it's discussing a possible action to adopt the resolution number 24200. Um, <clears throat> as you see there, pursuant to state statute and federal law in the Disaster Mitigation Act of 2000, uh, we may adopt the Yavapai County <clears throat> Multi-Jurisdictional Hazard Mitigation Plan 2023 by resolution. Recent years, we have experienced damage from natural and human-caused hazards, uh, including but not limited to flooding, uh, land mudslides, severe wind, wildfire, winter storms that have resulted in loss of property. <clears throat> and it says in life, I, okay, economic hardship and threats to public health and safety. We participated uh, in the development uh, of the draft in accordance with federal requirements. Um, it's based upon research and related work performed by the Yavapai Multi-Jurisdictional Planning Team. Um, there's the resolution that we have attached, and we are recommending entering the uh the plan with the county all right thank you mr bill miss rogers um i'm curious to know who or when dewey humboldt participated in developing the plan i i think that uh the town of dewey humboldt i think it was with the uh, first responders from the area i i have not attended anything uh with the multi-jurisdictional people um, but again, I, it is uh, something that, from a FEMA standpoint, we probably should be a member of. So perhaps this statement should not make it sound like it was. Yeah, I see. I'm not sure that us, if, if I mean, Bruce council in the beginning, or if you guys, you. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if Bruce in the beginning, when he was here, did not also attend this. Um, Um, I assume if we move forward with this, it'll get us where we're supposed to be with FEMA requirements? Yeah. Yes. Okay, well then I would, I'll just going to make a motion. Okay. Okay, well I move to adopt resolution number 24-200 approving the Yavapai County Multi-Jurisdictional Hazard Mitigation Plan 2023. Second. Okay, motion's been made by Mr. Finn, seconded by Mr. Nolan. Ms. Lance. Okay, I have, I have a couple questions, because um, since we don't know who was part of the town of Lee Humble participating, how do we know, and it says 2023, so that would have been this last year. Um, are we, like Mr. Finn asked, he says it will get us back in compliance. Are we out of compliance with FEMA? Because I, I really... I don't know if we're out of compliance with the. According to the way that this reads, it says that the resolution will address the FEMA requirements. 
So, so I'm, I'm just curious on who brought this to us and what it. What this comes from the multi the, the multi jurisdictional group. It's uh, for emergency services at DEMA, which is the Arizona Department, also. Um, and these are uh, when I've seen these is typically a yearly thing that you're supposed to adopt. It's a five year plan, and this replaces the 2018 plan. So you got so we have five years on this. Um, I, I, you know, we I, in other places have been. We had it at one year, eighty two. So we're essentially behind then. No, if no. it's the twenty twenty three, eighteen, five year plan. Okay. So we just got to adopt to get five more. Okay. Uh, Mr. Barron. Uh, I just find it odd how we have no idea how this came on our doorstep, but yet we're all willing and willing to just move forward with it. I mean, did this come through like an email and it's just yeah, oh, yes, ran yeah. off and put it in the agenda and it hope through, it goes through? It comes from not organizations, who attended it? organizations that we are a member of and they request that we move forward on resolutions to adopt. I get it, but yeah, we don't know who participated in the town of Dewey Humble in this plan to make it go through. It just Normally you have someone that's appointed to it. That's the question. We are appointed to, but they didn't have any meetings last year. But this was from five years ago. Okay, so when the adoption was done five years ago, don't know who did it at that point. But there's been two town managers or three town managers since then, so I don't know for sure. But this is probably part of the CAFMA organization too, and the sheriff's department, which we're both associated with. So. Not to say that we're telling them what to do. I'm just saying that since we are in those two jurisdictional boundaries of CAFA and the Sheriff's Department, they might be doing it and sending the message on to the town manager. So instead of speculating, do you think we might be in the best position to put this on a side burner for a minute and find out where this all sent and get the background information and then bring it back up to us? I understand you just want to push it through, but no, you're not, there's no, no information will, being given here. It's just that that will be your choice to do, and we, until we get it approved, we're not in compliance with team of regulations. That's that's fine. We can do that. So when are we when are we out of compliance with FEMA then? If we don't enter. No, I know, but when does this when does this expire? After the let's see here. I'm sorry, October. Seventh, let's see here. Um, I really don't know when it expires. So if we're if we're if we're trying to be in compliance, granted it's the second day of the year, but shouldn't have this been brought before the end of the year? And if again we're unaware of the date or anything, it, it just it's odd. Well, it. it it is not because what what happens is they send us when <clears throat> items are coming up to be renewed we get it towards the end of the year it's not that we get it months ahead of time it's um and on something like this I'll, i can go back and i'll check to find out you know who was on it when it happened but i believe that we were represented in all probability by the first responders they sat on it. Um, 
we don't have an emergency services person uh, at the town. Um, I think Hank, Ed Hanks uh, might have been because uh, of public works involved. Um, but again, I, I just know that they require they required us to at least present it. Mr. Sim. Mr. Mayor, members of the council, I understand your concern. I have received in another jurisdiction where the jurisdiction has police departments and fire departments, and they have affirmative obligations. Here, you're, you're the consumer. You are really responsible. This is a benefit to you. That's why you can get us My view is they're not going to cut you off. Table it, let us get back to you as to how it was approved. One involvement that the first responders are not town employees. So, so the point is, you are customers. Now, you are protecting your citizens to make sure they are benefited by this plan. We'll come back to you at the next meeting reporting who, who participated, what comments were made, and how were your citizens protected. All right, Ms. Lance. Uh, thank you. I, that's a great idea. Um, what is the actual and, also? we have the what is it costing the town as if the price has gone up is there a town like I think mr. mayor said there's somebody who was appointed but we don't know who it is can we find out who it is that is supposed to be going to these meetings and um, there was one other and I can't remember but thank you all right mr. Rogers and do we have a reference to the plan could we is there a address or something to go online and see what the plan is i mean if it's not huge couldn't it have been right here that we could have reviewed we'll be on the town website. okay town website. all right mr chisholm good evening mayor and council jason chisholm town of dewey humboldt april 2nd 2020 the town adopted it was signed by mayor terry nolan at the time the town adopted the mitigation plan the hazard mitigation plan Resolution number 20-139. I live in this town. I don't know about the rest of the property owners, but by tabling this and being out of compliance, if a natural disaster comes through here, you know all seven of you on the council and all the staff in the town, the manager and the attorney, are going to be held responsible and liable for any damages that happen to any resident in this town because you failed to adopt a resolution when it was put in front of you. This is something serious looking back at the Goodwin fire that, you know, temporarily displaced several residents. And then last year we had the fire out there in um, the Cherry Ridge fire, um, whatever that fire was called, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. You know, this is something serious. I don't see an issue with adopting this resolution tonight. You know, you clearly have statute in front of you. You have resolution number clearly, clearly drafted, which actually mirrors the um, resolution that you passed in 2020. So it's the exact same duplicate of the resolution. So what's the issue here? You're just adopting, you're coming into compliance on the 2023 which in 2020, you were two years past, uh, you were 16 months past due on adopting that resolution from 2018. So what's the issue in moving forward with this tonight with the fact that you, the council, the town of Dewey Humboldt Council has already adopted a resolution that is exactly identical to this one. And I have it sitting here in front of me. It's on the website. 
So I don't see a reason to table this, and I think it's absurd to table this. You're putting a bunch of res you're putting 4,500 residents in this town or whatever it is at risk. Thank you for your time. Ms. Clough. Lee Clough, Dewey Humboldt. I'm getting text messages that people cannot hear the attorney, so I wanted to put that out there. And then the next thing I wanted to say is I do have a problem with this because it says the town of Dewey Humboldt participated in developing the migration plan 2023, which was um, drafted in accordance with federal requirements and is based upon research and related work performed by the Yavapai multi-jurisdiction planning text. Where's the information? If there was notes, there should have been there. Um, if there was a 2020 resolution, as Mr. Chisholm says, why is that not in this packet to show you? The problem is there's never enough information. I want to commend all of you for questioning this because I question it too also because there should be information. Who went to the meeting? Who helped participate in this? That's very, very important. So maybe I should send something to him and see if you'll pass that without having any information just because somebody emailed something. That's where I'm at. I agree 100% with our attorney about tabling it um, and bringing it back. Thank you. Ms. Um, Mr. Attorney, would we be out of compliance? Would there be any problem with tabling it and bringing us back? I, I think not. I hope the citizens can hear. What, what I'm hearing is a 2018 plan wasn't approved until 2020. So if you could wait two years to now wait, wait just five weeks. weeks for you to approve this one, I don't think will be a problem. And honestly, I don't think mm -hmm. governmental agencies like FEMA or the county will, will not respond to a disaster if they didn't <coughs> approve a resolution. I looked for the emails, I can't find them, but if you go to Gavapai County's website, under their emergency management, the 2023 plan is there. It's 248 pages, and it's filled with how they created it and all the information. I don't think it's something that we. Does it say who participated from our town? It was the, everybody in the. It's the counties doing. Mr. Baron. Um, so, Bill took the words right out of my mouth of waiting 16 months couple weeks is not going to hurt anything the, the difference is I wasn't here in 2020 and I think I've shown through this course of time that I don't just green light everything that comes in front of us I ask questions I try and get reasoning behind it I want to know the background of something before I just sit there and cast my bone on it that's why I was elected that's why we we're all elected that's what we should be doing that's the difference I, I don't think that they're gonna not take care of us if some devastation comes in and happens and if it does then we can call a special session and take care of the matter sooner sooner rather than later so that's the difference if, 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 where was the gripe in 2020 about being 16 months past due there was none so a, a waiting to get some answers with our name and our stamp on there i don't think that's unreasonable so all right so, yes, Mr. Vance. 
I would just say, not in defense of anybody, but there has been so little continuity in town management, as the mayor pointed out. There's been lots of break in system, and we have had Beth and Chelsea as steady, but there's been a lot of choppy changes, and so I think it's it's not surprising that you don't have the knowledge yet, but getting it's a great idea. Um, this is a really good step towards more open government, and there's not any really big rush on it. And I mean, if the 2018 took until 2020, it's kind of silly to rush headlong. And as far as referring to an online publication, everybody lives here has a right to know all this stuff before the meetings. Thank you. Do we right. need to formally give direction? No, he's got it. Okay. All right. Item C, discuss the possible action to adopt resolution number 24201, condemning Hamas and declaring support for the Jewish state of Israel. Mr. Field. Uh, yes. Uh, I would um, uh, ask that uh, on this particular resolution, um, we had it on the agenda to ask if uh, we could go ahead and uh, take this uh, to the council. Uh, the town of, um, I think it was Prescott or Prescott Valley, Prescott passed it already. Um, we asked uh, Rodney Glassman uh, if he could show up. He had other commitments at this time. Um, but uh, here's a resolution where we um, are supporting uh, Israel um, against uh, Hamas in what they did in October, uh, which was a, uh, a terrible thing. Um, it has, uh, that has affected the world. Um, if I could ask uh, Mr. Ostro to stand up and, uh, and give some background behind this. I would. Could. <clears throat> Um, I'll just put it in a simple, simple uh, box. I, I wrote something longer, but I'm going to keep it simple. The bottom line is there's only one other democracy in the Middle East that sides with America. We create things together. They're the only friend we have there, true friend. What happened in October wasn't about warring parties. It was about women and girls being <laughs> raped mutilated, still alive, bleeding, and dying on trucks in communities where they were cheering. This was not soldier fighting soldier. This was 3,000 evil, depraved individuals who felt okay about burning a baby in the oven in front of the parents, beheading the baby, <coughs> killing the elderly, taking children, women, babies as hostage, and so if we, like Prescott, don't stand up and say, we stand with those who aim to do good, and we stand against those who would trash us, and let us not forget, the Christian is the enemy too of Hamas, not just the Jew. And so you bringing this forward and being affirmative about standing with democracy, standing with creating family and technology and life versus creating children who want to murder and do so. This is your moment. This is your moment of history. 
Prescott went unanimous. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of this town. I've been part of it since it began. I'm proud that you let it be on the agenda. I hope you'll vote in the affirmative. Thank you. Adopt resolution number 24-201. I'll second. Motion made by Ms. Lance, seconded by Mr. Finn. Mr. Barron. Uh, Greg, I want to thank you for bringing this to our attention a few weeks back um, and highlighting it so that it can be put on the agenda. So thank you for that. You honor me, you honor our community. Discussion on the motion. Seeing none. Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Mayor Hughes. Yes. And that passes to zero. Thank you, Ms. Evans. So, resolution number 24-201, a resolution of the mayor and the common council of the town of Dewey Humboldt, country of Yavapai, county of Yavapai, Arizona condemns Hamas and declares support for the Jewish state of Israel. All right. Item 90, discussion possible action to adopt resolution designating resolution 24202, designating the town manager Daniel Fields as the chief fiscal officer for fiscal year 2023-2024. Mr. Fields. Uh, yes, if you take a look, I believe I saw a uh, message in here from Lars. Um, yeah, it's on page uh, 31 of 39. Uh, it, is, uh, it is talking about the uh, Arizona Attorney General's office. Uh, we file an official document designating the town chief fiscal officer, um, and it's with our annual reports to the AG's office, uh, Auditor General's office. Um, uh, we should use the uh, designating uh, CFO. Um, the resolutions are due by July 31st each year. Um, uh, we are seeking counsel adoption of the resolution. Uh, no cost involved. Uh, and we're seeking the adoption of resolution 242022 for fiscal year 2324. Yeah, I remember this coming before us months ago. Um, I move to adopt resolution 24 202, designating the town manager Daniel Field as the town's chief fiscal officer for fiscal year 2324. I'll second that. All right. Motion made by Ms. Lance, second by Mr. Finn. Motion. Okay. Seeing none, Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Mayor Hughes. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. <coughs> Item 9E. Discussion possible action on the passage and items that have not been completed from 2022 and 2023. Mr. Barron. So, 
You seem to have a difficult time getting stuff done around here and accomplished. So I took it upon myself to go back through the last few meetings and uh, accumulate some things that have uh, been voted on by this council and other council and uh, it's not been accomplished. Uh, I, I didn't limit it to a few items because I, I didn't want to uh, have that term being told. It's not on the agenda. You can't talk about it. And I wanted to give the audience an opportunity if they had an idea or something that they they uh, know of that I didn't catch to be able to bring up and and um, get get some clarity on there. So um, I uh, what I did was in uh, 2022 there wasn't a whole lot left open. There uh, wasn't a whole lot done either. So. The, the main thing that I came up with, there's there's still a lot of minutes that are not uh, completed from 2022. Uh, not sure what the delay is on that. Um, but the, the biggest issue that kept coming up was uh, the Blue Hills emergency exit. And that's been talked about for years and there's still no real end result there. So uh, I, I guess I wanna, would like to go down one item at a time talk about it, see if we can get some sort of clarity on there, and then move on to the next item in here. So do we have, what? what's the hold up on the Blue Hills exit? The Blue Hills exit, that's, uh, we have to get together the stakeholders again and have them sit down. That would mean also the public, because apparently they had stakeholder meetings and didn't also include the public. In between, we had a change in the fire chief. The new fire chief, and I just, the last time he was here, I talked to him again, saying that we need some information on Blue Hills. He says he has to drive the proposed routes in order to see what he's going, going to say. If you recall, the prior fire uh, chief said that uh, a full-time access road wasn't needed. He said that we uh, had uh, emergency access, different ways of going. Um, same thing was said by uh, our Lieutenant uh, Barbaro, uh, and they said it more than once in public. But we have a new chief at this point, uh, and he wasn't here during the fires. I don't believe he was, unless he was promoted from within. Um, I don't know that at this point, but he said before he can make any determination, he has to drive the proposed routes. So determination as far as what? As, as far as, as they don't get needed, out? As far as if it's needed or not. But see, again, uh, I he was not here that I know of during that fire. Well, that fire truck drives some pretty hairy routes order to get into places so I, I've said it from day one if there's not a permanent road that needs to be established uh, just a, a temporary that the road I agree with the fire chief and, and, and Barbara that the road works fine for every daily use uh, you don't need to create a secondary road to cause more headaches more problems more money for the town just to get people out of a spot that they can already get in and out of it's 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 a, a, a temporary emergency access something in case there's a problem 
we need to have something for the, the, the upper Blue Hills area to be able to escape out. This, you know, over here, we're good. We got plenty of access. Over there, it's pretty much one way in, one way out until you get to the bottom, then it opens up. But what are we doing for the people in the very, very, very top? Nothing. That's, that's what it keeps coming down to. We keep getting excuses. Why aren't we getting on a course and driving this through in order to find some sort of a solution for those people? I'm getting you want me to respond. The Upper Blue Hills is where we do need to have another entrance way and exit, egress and ingress, because they have just the one um, that's easy to get to. Um, I've had discussions with Jay. That's something that uh, there is an option of getting there. Um, the I think where it was left is that uh, it was it was a meeting that uh, uh, the town the engineer that we had uh, there was a question of who authorized him and what have you. And we did go through and check that out. We did have an on call contract it appeared that's what they were using um, and it was pushed along by the prior manager and um, uh, and I did call up Bruce Smith and uh, asked him uh, who pulled the trigger and basically he did he's an honest guy he said I did um, but he figured he was okay because the manager was asking him to do it so uh, it still comes down to civil tech. They did put the time in. Um, they uh, and they were going under different marching orders. Yeah, but they, that company followed. They gave us a route of a road that already exists. They didn't try and find another alternative way out. They didn't provide anything. So, and, I'm, and this was almost we're going. I mean, it was April or something when Bruce left. So we're almost a year into okay well then we're seven months in to just not doing anything not following up on the work that had been done before just sit there and keep pushing down i i wish i really wish items in this town moved like the super funded because it seems like that is just tunnel vision that's all we care about how about we sit here years. and what well, no I, i'm years, 15 years but 15 years no it's been it's been it, it's been pushing in a lot faster than the last that last year. The last 14 years have been moving anything. They haven't done anything. So this last year, it's finally got on its track and is pushing. We've been talking about Blue Hills exit for how many years? 10, 12 years? You know, I'm just I'm just wondering why we're not in the same mind track that we are right now with the Superfund. If we had the same track that we do right now with the Superfund, then we'd be able to sit there and start accomplishing stuff. And we don't. It, it just it bothersome. So I, I'll, I'll Mr. Finn. Okay. Um, I agree with you. The my recollection of what happened with it was Civil Tech was pushing a route that was beyond expensive, unaffordable, and I had made a suggestion of connecting a route from uh, Smoky Paiute up to the trailhead, which would alleviate the people in the very far back. And if we want to bring, see, I was, I brought this up and everyone said, oh, table it. Well, if we bring it back on, I would be happy to work on that. I, 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 I will, I will personally work on it. To me, it seems easy. 
I don't know if it got tabled. I think it just I'm got positive. Just, that just what got, I presented was tabled. I am positive. See all the waving hands? They're positive. It gets brought back up again. Votes brought back up. Then let's let's move on. Then. Okay. Okay. Let me get these people in the audience to answer some questions for that one. Uh, Mr. Oster, you had your hand up first. We'll let you go first. Hi, thank you, Greg Ostro. I can bring a little bit of context and knowledge because being part of the uh, general plan update steering committee, this has been something that's popped up time and again. Uh, before that, I attended a council meeting where Kaufman and the others said, there's no need for what you're talking about. So there's controversy around it. Also, some have said, well, yeah, it is may, a road may be needed or it's not needed, but it's for a few people, not for the whole town. So it's been controversial. I think what would make sense is bring back CAFMA, bring back the authorities and say, we feel there's a need, what do we do? But I, they literally were in this room saying, you don't need an, a route. And I know Mrs. Clough said that's not correct. I'm not standing up for the veracity of what they said. I'm just telling you what was said. So you may want to bring, and, and, and it's been kicked down the road. Early in the general plan process, the first survey, there were supposed to be meetings about that road in various places, at Mortimer Farms, et cetera. It didn't happen. So the can has been kicked down the road. But it's because it's been controversial, I think in part because of, again, continuity of managers. Uh, that breaks, makes it tougher for operational things. But I think if, if you bring the authorities back and say, what do you recommend, and you have a solution, I think that'll help you not spin your wheels and move this as you want to, and wisely so, so something is done for the benefit of the community. Thank you. Ms. Collins? Two thousand and seventeen is when Goodwin happened. Um, the current circulation element in the general plan has a non-committal U-shape diagram on it, as far as, because it's a, roads are just as hot of a topic as water up here. Nobody wants anybody driving on their private road. Um, they don't really seem to one of one of the things that i read during my time on the council and even probably more recently was that if we have a hot fire coming in off of the national forest you got three minutes if you've got the right wind conditions before it hits martha that's crazy so i'm if you have a way out i don't know that we'd get out i don't know if people would get out but we need to have a, more than one extra way out somehow because it's going to happen eventually and it's going to be horrible. So think about it. And this is going to come up during the general plan update. We Clough, Dewey Humboldt. First of all, somebody in the audience said it happened in 2016. It did not. It happened June 24th of 2017. Look it up. Um, so don't want to tick anybody off, but when Council Member Finn was appointed on the council in April, I believe the 18th, I can't tell you the exact date, but this did 
That was the date you were appointed. I don't know the date it was brought up, but this did come up and everybody voted to table it. Even though he kept trying to say, what about taking smoke eye, not smoky, <laughs> smoke eye out and go up to the um, trailhead. And we had another meeting with people. I think it was the same meeting and everybody's like, oh, I can get out. I can get out. I can get out. And everybody in this room could get out. But Lee Clough and anybody else that lived off of down Cranberry and um, Smoke Eye and Hopi. And if I remember right, there was a bet, Mayor, that you wouldn't, that I wouldn't agree to not going, have an emergency out. And you were shocked that I said, I agree. Just give me a way out. It doesn't matter. That really did happen. So I'm suggesting bring that up in two weeks. If you want to talk about it, bring it up next week. It's not that big a deal. It's not that far to get that road for the rest of us to get out. That's the only complaint I've ever had. When we had fires up on Cranberry, people had heart attacks. People were sick. They couldn't get in and they couldn't get out. I sat three hours. Thank goodness we had a neighbor that went on his little buggy and started giving everybody water because it was very hot sitting out there. Had we had that other way, people could have got home or could have got out. That's all. As soon as council member Finn brought that to my attention, I'm like, I'm done fighting. Give us that way out. That's all I wanted was the emergency for the people. And it's not just a few as brought up here. There's probably a few hundred that live down in that area that could have a problem. So that was, if you need me to look up the date, I will. I challenge you guys to bring that up if you want to discuss it more next week. If not, bring it up in two weeks and vote on it and let's get it done. I just heard council member Finn said he will work on it and we will get it done. So in a month, we should be able to have that done. Thank you. So the way the car's written is you can make action on it tonight. You don't have to wait for two weeks. So. Mr. Sam. Mr. Mr. Vice Mayor, you did mention about the open meeting law. Um, for example, tonight we have two discrete items coming up next. One homelessness and one downtown historic district. I don't mind treating this one the way I would treat an open call to the public. You have every right to, I think, identify the topic. I'm not sure we can have much discussion between the council and the public because this wasn't agendized. But much like open call to the public, you can identify the issue, and if the public wants to respond, then you could direct staff, just like you did just now, to come back with something on Blue Hill. But I do think to get into a long dialogue on items that aren't on the agenda, that's an issue. Well, that was the purpose of the way the car was written, in case people in the audience had something to say okay, good. and bring, bring an item up. It wasn't limited to just a few items. Okay, but I don't so, know that council can have much dialogue because we never we didn't agenda so, this discussion. So yeah. what, I'm, what he's getting at is we're not going to vote the comments that we're going to take it in. And Dan will get the direction yeah. from that and go. Okay, Mr. Chisholm. Good evening, Mayor, Council, Jason Chisholm, Town Dewey Humboldt. I want to make a correction so it does not go in the minutes wrong. The Central Arizona Fire Medical Authority Fire Chief was the Chino Valley Fire District Fire Chief, and he transferred over. We did not get a new fire chief. What we did get a replacement of was the fire marshal. Chief Scott Freitag has been the fire chief since Chino Valley Fire District when it was Central Yapai Fire District. When the fire districts merged, they became a medical authority, 
fire and medical authority, and that chief maintained that position. So the CYFD chief went out, the CVFD chief took over. So I want a correction in the minutes for that, please, that it was the fire marshal, not the fire chief. And because that can be very misleading, um, especially when there's, you know, San Martin Rodriguez out there that's reporting on the town council meetings. And then next thing you know, we hear on KYCA that the town of Dewey Humboldt is saying that the fire chief was replaced. No, it wasn't. So let's get that corrected, please. Uh, secondly, with the closing of Old Black Cane Highway, How many residents did we gridlock that have one way out? You can't say Martha Way or whatever that Mariposa, whatever that road is over there. That's impassable by a passenger car. Uh, you can't say Ed Sand Trail. That's impassable by a passenger car. I understand, but you're focused on the Blue Hills, and I brought it up when we were on the Blue Hills exit that there's all these other people over here that are trapped too, but you're focused on the Blue Hills. When the lieutenant and the fire marshal sat here and said it wasn't a problem of getting the people out during the Goodwin fire, it was getting, keeping the people from going back. It wasn't a problem of getting the people out. There was no problem getting anybody out. It was the people that wanted to go back that they had a problem with. So... I digress on that one. Thank you for your time. Tom Millett, Blue Hills. Uh, whoever said there's no problem getting out of there does not live up there because it was taking on an average of three to three and a half hours for the people out in Paiute to get out. And if there's ever a fire on Henderson, everybody's screwed. Thanks. Getting this this ditto repeat, can we just point at the manager and say, let's give yeah. that a thumbs up and put it on an agenda? So I think we all got the point that we're going to work on the Blue Hills exit route and resolve that. All right. All right. Mr. Barron. So um, the, ex, the next one was Old Black Canyon Highway, the, the status of that. Where, where are we uh, a meeting was held between the private property owner on which the road encroaches, the private property owners. Property and drainage easements are being completed awaiting finalization of access for one last property owner. And that's where we're at on that. So once we have the finalization of one, one uh, description of the access, then we should be fine to move ahead on that. No, it's, it's being worked on right now. Mr. Mayor, we, we now have, I've received the last easement today. Uh, with the easements now, and again, Councilman Ben has been putting in a lot of time getting the survey. We need the surveys to attach the legal. I can then circulate the form of easements to all the property owner, and I can enter into a discussion with one of the property owner's lenders who uh, wants to push the town through a bunch of rigmarole that's expensive, that's unnecessary, given that you're actually creating access for the property that the lender has a lead on. 
there was a statement made earlier that you closed open that can. I would I would disagree with that. I would argue that you acknowledge your need to open up a significant portion of Old Black Canyon so you can, in effect, allow landlocked parcels to get access. We had a very productive meeting with property owners. I'm hopeful that we can get the easement circulated. I'm hopeful that we can get beyond significant compensation. That's a hope. I mean, I, I may not be successful on that. Uh, you've all told us you want to deal with your, 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 your constituents fairly. Right now, I, I received the last easement today. I promised that person I'd look at it. I won't get home until late. I got a cold, so I won't do it until tomorrow. And so uh, um, then, then I think I'll get with Councilmember Finn. We'll get the, the easement descriptions. Then I, I will get drafts out to the property owners to make sure we're there and then we're there. And I expect the survey to come in this week with all its new amendments and new dimensions, along with the legal descriptions. Okay. So the, no discussion. Any, any discussion on Old Black Canyon Highway? Okay. Um, so the next issue you, you've talked about, but uh, you kind of touched on it, but what was, what was uh, asked or ordered, however you want to say, was to put a concrete slab at the basketball park and that would take care of the skate park issue that people had talked about uh, and i know the hot spots and, and and things like that but going in and looking at the park and and seeing the landscape and the topography of it you almost need to bury the stuff in order to put the the, the, uh, the concrete on so I, I know beforehand it was toys got taken off a change of public works people it got left to the weight fall into the wayside and then then it was decided to test and everything so we're I'm, I'm guessing you're waiting for those test results to come back to see if we can add fill on top of that ground to put it because we also talked about putting culverts yeah, across there and all sorts of stuff so is there a, a plan or I mean yes. what's yes in, in, in fact I wish we could go and just put everything back but what happened as you said this, this is a 2022 item um, when it was passed. And uh, uh, oh, it was 2023. Well, you, you initially. But initially it was 2022. It was in March of uh, 23 that uh, I was hired. And then what happened is uh, the prior uh, supervisor for public works, Bruce, he went and took immediate steps order to put in that basketball court. And, uh, it was unfortunate because the town staff we had uh, had no idea and were unaware of the several requirements of disrupting soil. And uh, it was based upon this, your favorite uh, issue, the super fund. Again, these, these projects are intertwined with this super fund in many ways. Um, so yes, it was the testing of the property. We also tested the properties near it as well, because that's tied into the state board part and what occurred with that, which I bet is on your list too. No, no, oh, oh, the well. skate board, we never talked about it. We decided to do a, a concrete basketball slab instead of skate park, because the skate park was, we found out we don't own property to put a skate park on it. So that's well, what died. We would have to buy it, and that's correct. Um, uh, but when we were uh, standing there and talking about it, one of the things we looked at is potentially getting that piece in the back 
that would allow you to at least put some sort of state, uh, not a full-blown state park, but with the, uh, the um, uh, God, what do they call them? I'm sorry. Um, the tricks, the, uh, the special things that you do for uh, skating, uh, skateboards. Um, but uh, it came up when, I was, when it was suggested we should check in again. Every one of these things seems to be an issue that came up sometime in the past, even before 2022. Not to skateboard, but uh, some of these other items, and then it stopped. Uh, but let me go ahead and uh, let me read this for a second. <clears throat> Tests been completed. The results, I told you about that. The lead levels, yes, as a result, uh, the town must properly handle the soil. Um, we're awaiting the finalization of that report and analysis so we can figure out how to take corrective um, action. You're right, we have some drainage issues there. And we did talk about those. And that's going to have to be considered as well. Now, one of the things is, is uh, we really need to see where the hot spots are. Because, again, may, perhaps we can work around them or cover them. And, uh, uh, again, I, uh, it does depend on that report. As does if you want to put the skateboard park close by on the other piece, that's still up in the air if we are interested in the other piece in the back. Um, I have a question on that because when the property down on Maine tested hot, we rushed in so that the historical society could do their um, festival and covered it with gravel. Right. As one resident has pointed out, we have left the hot spots exposed down at the park for the kids to get into. Wouldn't it have been um, a little more um, productive to find out where the hot spots are? Because it's been months and months and months. It, it didn't take that long for the property down there. Um, that we bring in gravel or cover it with concrete um, to rectify that situation. I'm not sure. As long as we don't you know, start disturbing the soil. And that's the problem. If we I start digging at this. The soil because we pulled all the equipment out. Yeah, it depends on where the hot spots are. And that's why we need that report. We need to see where the hot spots are. The problem that we have and what they're suspecting with those hot spots are, is that someone brought in fill. That's the only way it would have really gotten there. <coughs> on Main Street, where the old uh, tracks, the railroad tracks used to run? No, no. They brought in fill there, and that's why there's contaminants. Well, oh. we're, we're getting into discussion. Yeah. Give the manager direction and come back and answer these questions. Okay. So I, I'm just curious why that's a park that has kids active on it every single day. We're not expediting a result or just shutting the damn thing down. So close it off to everybody. That's, expedite the report. Do something. Yeah. I mean, this is just lengths and lengths of, of time wasted and people being exposed to a problem that we're, we're aware of, just we're not sure where we're aware of it at. So we can't take that action right now. Truly think there's an emergency the manager probably take the action. Well, can, can we direct you to... Again, it's not on the agenda. Okay, well, then I would but expect you to reach out tomorrow to somebody and ask for... It, it, try and get a report expedited, and then I would expect you to 
danger caution <coughs> take the park until further notice. Ms. Preston. So I'm glad that these issues keep coming up. Thank you, Jeremiah, for um, bringing them back up. And the only reason issues are moving quickly on the Superfund is because I've been standing here making you listen for the last 15 years. Um, so the park has been an issue. Um, you know, it, early on before this advisory team was started, um, Brian Beck was here telling you guys the same exact thing. Um, now we've hired a consultant, and yes, he's spending time going through all the paperwork, um, data information. I hope to expedite that process and putting him in contact with Brian to say, hey, these are hot spots that, that we know of. We're going to continue running into this. I, I've tried to tell you guys for years that EPA's <clears throat> testing and their data of our town is not accurate. So when we start doing our own testing, you're going to find more and more of this. Um, that's why it's important for us to get involved and do something about it. Um, the information about testing on the, the park, I don't know about this. This isn't something that we have, have discussed. And frankly, it upsets me. This is the important information. This is what protects our community members, our children. And this is the information we need out there. This is the education for our council and our community members. And if there's hot spots on that park, shut it down put signs up, and let our community know. Thanks. Yeah, if, if I could ask Dan, could you please explain to everyone how things are intertwined between the Superfund, that there is a reason why it has a precedence and importance, and it does relate to other things that we're talking about here? Uh, well, yes, actually, it's intertwined. A lot of this stuff, these two items are intertwined with... Uh, the fact that the council, I believe, what in 2022 did say to test the uh, the properties. Every property the town purchases, sells, or trades. Yeah, and we so, are that property. And so when you go ahead and do it, and you actually find something. You need to know how you can either remediate it or what you can do if you want to improve it. And. Um, and so yes, that 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 went back quite a ways, from what I recall. In fact, I think I have the date in all my stuff, uh, trying to figure out what exactly we were going to talk about. Um, uh, so, uh, like Ashley just said, each of these items, there was a test done on the park. We looked at it, the initial test. It didn't seem as bad on some of those issues, uh, but. Remember that lead, the, uh, the trigger level on lead has changed since we tested it. This also goes to purchasing properties for town halls, community center, everything is tied to it. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. All right, Ms. Lance, okay. So yes, um, there was a um, ordinance formed for anything purchased sold or traded from that day on. However, we've owned that park since before that time. Uh, EPA did test it and said it was fine. If, please, Miss Preston, correct me if I'm wrong, um, and said it was fine. Then when, I don't know why we tested, which I'm glad that we did, 
test it again. And that's when this all happened. I had not heard that it was a problem until recently. The test was done months and months ago. So it has really nothing to do with the super fund intertwined and that ordinance that we made because we already own yeah, that property. Yeah, I wasn't property. talking about that. I was talking about the other things besides obvious testing for contamination. But, but this like is what we're purchasing. talking about. That's not, not what we're talking about. Can I please ask when you got the test results? Just, uh, I think the same time that you heard it, I heard it. Uh, we just got it at a presentation. Just, it was said. Several weeks at least, maybe yeah. months. Okay. So you had the results. There's obviously a problem with the park. So let's leave it open over Christmas break so every kid over these next two weeks complain it. And then we're all complaining about saying, we want you guys to do something. We can't. Let's force and get the other piece of paper you need. You guys had this for months. So you understand you're accountable, right? I hope you understand that. Because my five-year-old has been on that park, and I'm upset. I'm sorry I'm raising my voice. But I bring my kid in here. I devote myself to this town. I come up here and be a, an opinionated voice on the side. I try to help with things. I try to help with your striping. I bring you up drainage issues. I bring you up roadway issues that are wrong that you could be held accountable for. I have issues, personal issues, that still haven't been taken care of. The last rumor I heard, it's only a certain percentile. Then you push it off. No one's gotten back to me. And I haven't cried up here every damn time about it either. But now hearing that this park has issues and no one took the time, y'all, y'all got kids. Maybe you don't come to the side of the road. I do. And now here we are again. Oh, we can't do nothing about it. We'll figure it out tomorrow and we'll just expedite this. You should have expedited it months ago when you got the goddamn report. We didn't get the report. Well, the, we got, what? We got, we got the report for the community center. They were testing the park afterwards. We haven't seen a report on the park. I thought you said you had a, a piece of paper here that said there was hot spots. You just didn't get the analysis. I haven't seen no, it. No, that's what I'm saying. I haven't seen that. That paperwork has not been it. given me that at all. Has the town seen it? Anybody else up here has. No, okay, so I understand. So that's why, that's why this today? is being brought back up. Because you just told me several months ago. That's what He's talking about the community center. I'm, community sure. I'm talking about the park. That's a whole... That, How long... Do you have your report there? I'd like to see when you got the report, the date back. For the park. For the park and the uh, oh, public works. I haven't done that. So you, the report, no, the report you're talking about is from the community center, right? We the statement of what the results were. So we've gotten results. They actually, the, the results have been back and they're writing the report. Who's they? Uh, uh, Spires <laughs> and whatever the, the group is. The, the, uh, Testing. But this is the issue that, again, we're all having is if there are hotspots and it's a public park and they've had that information, because I remember you telling me that they got the report back and that it was well before Christmas, if not Thanksgiving. It was before Christmas. Um, and so the fact that it's not getting done 
I don't, we, everybody doesn't understand. And that's where the frustration is coming from. I, I fully understand. Fully One understand. track, tunnel vision. But it has nothing to do with the Superfund because that's part of the Superfund. That's what you're, the one track well, is. I'm saying, yeah, but no, the one track is two lots over here, not all the other parts that they're saying are partake in it. Uh, if there was a concern it was linked to it, then that should have been taken care of as soon as you got the report. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you talking about? Spire? This is hot spot. You need to give me this information. I need this. If, if, well, if it doesn't happen. And, and, and realize the reason why we need that report is they just didn't test the park they tested the properties next to it for expansion if we needed to expand so we need every single spot so i'm sorry uh, so they tested parts properties that we don't even own yeah that the properties next to it because okay. we we are going but what to does that to, have to do with if the testing on the park came back hot we need to see where the locations are is i guess what i'm saying okay so um, I just want to be clear that I'm part of this committee to represent the community. So the, the outrage you're seeing from the community is the same outrage I have. And just because I'm part of a committee does not mean that I'm not going to call somebody out when I see that maybe they're not doing quite what they should be doing or focusing in an area that maybe isn't their area of expertise. I have not seen any testing. You all know that testing and numbers have been an issue of mine the whole time. It was mentioned in one of the meetings that um, numbers weren't aligning with um, EPA's numbers in testing. Um, the community needs that information. So I, I definitely encourage you guys to say, you know, Steve, we need these reports. We need to know that, especially in something like a park, um, you know, Bobby is fairly upset. He's, he's been a very good member of our community um, this is big. It, it needs to be done. Spire needs to focus on the technical side of things, getting those reports to compare to EPA. That, that's a huge issue that we need taken care of. Annie Drake, Dewey Humble. I'm not going to blame anybody for the park. I feel like I'm partially responsible because I was really pushing it. But I totally understand the EPA thing. However, most evenings, the people you see at the Butte Street Park are older teenagers, possibly younger adults. I recently, in the last few days, just met one of my neighbors because I had to call 911 on them and learned about how, who a few of these people I've been seeing at the Butte Street Park are. In the past, you may have known them when they've painted the signs in there and me and my other neighbors have gone in there and cleaned them up. They like to leave their pipes behind their teenagers that think smoking pot is cool. So in the meantime, right now as it stands, our kids have nothing to do. I have bought tickets for Mortimer Farms for many of my neighborhood kids because they need somewhere to go play. And no offense, but I'm poor white trash. I cannot afford any more tickets to Mortimer Farms. So can we please come up with something, anything, for these kids to do? Because they're going down the wrong path. 
And I'm not sticking around to watch them all anymore, quite frankly. Yeah, that, that was pretty much the purpose of trying to bring this up because it's just been quiet for so many months and now we're understanding new information. So I, I, I guess can't make a motion, can't give directive, but I gave you my expectation what, what needs to be done on there. And we can, everybody's <laughs> no, kind of like agreed with it. Um, so the next thing, I hope it's not too lengthy, but the low water crossing and water issues that we had along the area, um, uh, Bruce brought up a couple of ideas and they went away with him, I guess, um, until recently. I, I actually had a meeting with Jay today, um, and I hope that, uh, everybody else might reach out to him and go look at some of the problem areas that he wants to address. He's, um, Dan told me, he told me himself that he's really interested in getting stuff done, getting some things accomplished. He's tired of seeing the roads deteriorate and, and problems continuously happen. And he can't, he, he's, he's stuck in a nutshell of being able to move forward. So um, with, with, with just bringing that up um, and, and that my meeting with him today, it kind of worked out pretty well. So what I'd like to see is, is him come and give a presentation of some of the priority items that he has um, and then, you know, be, uh, be aware of, you know, the, the monies that they're, the public works is able to spend as well. Um, and I, I do would like to speak with you briefly, Dan, briefly after the meeting um, about uh, maybe a couple options that uh, we have as a town. So um, I, I just wanted to try and give him an opportunity to come and present something. So um, that's pretty much it on that. So I... <coughs> Wait a, a while back, I turned to Carfin on that. My understanding is it's coming up this next meeting. So the uh, study the, session or the, the study session? Okay. Have to maintain it. Yeah, what their needs are. So good. That is. <laughs> So um, when it comes to the low waterways, we spoke months and months and months ago, and even before that, um, years ago, uh, about the Army Corps of Engineers. Has anybody reached out to them yet? Because we keep talking about it, suggesting it, but it never seems to come to fruition. The first ones, actually before Bruce left, he has been, he had been talking to the Army Corps, but before we actually talk to them, we need to talk to the flood control district and them as well. Um, and, and so uh, that's, Jay Nye the other day went out, he showed me like five diff different drainage issues that need to be prior prioritized by the council. Um, and we're gonna bring them forth uh, because it's a matter of, you know, how much they're gonna cost to repair. Um, some of those issues have already been looked at, but one, one of the things I was gonna bring up is about, you know, a, a foot, Foothill Drive, Bradshaw Road, uh, those, those areas do have some issues on crossings up there. Um, some of it could also be with um, uh, railing 
that needs to be put up. Uh, we have several different issues, um, and what we're hoping is we can get those prioritized. Some of them have been um, allegedly uh, engineered already, and we're we're trying to you know find those documents. Um, engineered with a lot of fat in it for the contractor well, to make a well, crap load of money. So and that and that was one of the issues with those uh, that area. If yeah. I recall right, because there's, I mean, there's a lot. It, Mr. Chisholm brought up Ed Sands Trail. He brought up another one. There's stuff over off of Foothill and Sierra that are little side streets that I know of one that when their driveway floods, they can't get in for hours and out or out for hours and hours because it's a raging river in there. Even though it's a wash, ninety percent of the time. So yes, some some of the issues that that uh, are being raised, and the reason why we do need to talk to the flood control district, <clears throat> as well as the Army Corps, is the fact that some of these washes sit on private property, and uh, and those washes we cannot work on the private property, and some of them frankly need to be dredged or or something to remove the sand. It's, it's beginning to fill up our, you know, every year we have to look at our culverts. So Mr. Ben said that you, it is coming up in, a, in another meeting, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's so, all right. Thank you. You're always going to have sediment. You're always going to have fill or um, stuff that clogs up the culvert. Yeah. So it, it's just going to, it's going to happen. So there's nothing you can do to inspect the property. Take care of their own ditches. Well. I understand it's their responsibility, but to get them to actually go out and do it, um, that, that's, that's yeah, a I, I, you're, I you're a better chance of winning the lottery. Some of the main main issues we've been running into um, also is like I, I think I I uh, sent you a text on it is that uh, when certain people will dump their cuttings and stuff over, of course in the wash it's away from them, you know, and when it rains it brings it on down and it will stuff up some of our culverts and so we, we we have to look at those things figure out what what's the best way to fix them yeah okay mr mayor the directions to the manager we can't have an extended discussion all right okay the next one uh, wait a minute mr oh, mayor oh. Sorry, thank mr. you Nolan. yeah my question is why does these issues have to come to us proprietorization why can't the uh, public works say hey this needs to be done and the managers say do it why do we have why does it have to come to us for prioritization we got to give money hey, we got the money Jade is actually requesting that the town council be involved community center you came prepared <laughs> no no that would be nice to have the list yeah i wish i had the audience could follow the list i had to figure out what was there um the uh the community center on main street right uh we tested the parcel we did what we needed to for um, and we took those steps. Uh, ultimately, it needs to be planned, 
bid and constructed, correct? And some of those issues are going to deal with, you know, fire suppression, what exactly you want in it. Um, and normally what happens on those type of things is uh, we, uh, we look at, uh, you know, a project manager on how to get that done. Uh, it can be anywhere from uh, just a person that just oversees the construction to an architect or, or an engineer, whomever has designed it, um, if you're going to have to do that. Um, but that has been on the back burner because of the town center, which it was uh, connected to that as well. There was an ability of uh, looking at properties that might suit us. And in fact, we had 10 different potential properties narrowed it down to two. One of them was a, uh, uh, a property that uh, had already buildings on it. So it was a question of, uh, do we hold off and see what happens with those items? Um, That's not true at all. That's not true. Okay. It's, it's not, because we, we talked about the community center before, and the way the list was going to go was yeah. the procurement problem that Bill had had. It was explained after the fact that it was already a prefab building that we were going to discuss and get an idea of, about how it happened. And then a, a month or <coughs> so after that, that's when we started talking about uh, a town hall facilities, which is funny. That's on my list. So, I mean, it was it just completely got got sideways well, from that whole entire month of not even talking, not even bringing it up or anything. If, if that was uh, that might have been a misunderstanding on on my behalf because I thought because of that one particular property, it kept on being brought up as a potential community center, then it would not have made sense to build two of them. But I understand um, where that is at. So uh, we'll have to go and sit down and do the process of so, planning it. Okay. Because remember, you have to, well, you know better than I do, you build stuff. Um, but you have to go through the process of, of uh, you know, first of all, figuring out where we're going to put the, the uh, septic system, what kind of water we can get there, because there's, I, again, I'll have to contact the, uh, uh, Stuart McLean uh, at the Humboldt uh, because the report that I read and I I have reports from when they were going to put the town building on it. It looked like it had a, a one inch that came across uh, at the time. So I don't know if it's bigger now or what they have done since. But we're going to have to look at that. It's far more detailed. Than yeah. We are really <coughs> stretching this. Sorry. Okay, so the update's nowhere. So then what's the update on the town hall facility? Uh, right now, what we had is we had the, uh, the real estate agent from one of them ask questions dealing with the access agreement. I didn't get any answers and then no response. I do know that uh, the particular property has been uh, doing, the owners have been uh, doing other projects at this time. So. Uh, not, uh, so I, I haven't had any response. The other one, other piece of property, the person has referred on her attorney to talk to our attorney. And I think we... I'll be happy to talk at an appropriately agendized item. Okay. okay. 
Um, the next one was uh, the water problem that Presque Valley posed on us. Where are we at with that? Okay, uh, the recent meeting we had, potential impact of Prescott Valley's proposed three-year phase-out program of limiting bulk sale. Um, uh, water survey was posted. Uh, I contacted Stuart McLean as the council directed to see if he needed a uh, letter of support for the Arizona Corporation Commission on uh, trying to work with us on water issues in the future. He said now was not the right time. He will tell us when that's necessary. And that's where we're at on that. <coughs> we'll, okay. And I heard some speculation, but I'm not sure about it. What, what about the sand and gravel pit that Presque Valley's trying to put on the border? Oh, that, that one has actually, uh, Councilmember Finn and I have gone uh, two meetings on it. At this point, um, uh, it has been uh, delayed. Yeah, they've delayed their application for okay. the, the change. Thought. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was correct or not. So yeah, I heard it, that. It was. Okay. Um, and then the last uh, thing is uh, we, we've discussed. Um, property for public works and yes. getting them out of where they're at are we moving any any movement on that or are we just keep well it, that, that's a, that's an ongoing matter we really need a place for public works um for the personnel and equipment um they they don't have running water where they're at you know it's porta potty and no electricity so they really need a place it again is tied into uh, you know, the town hall center. However, at this point, we really need to locate a place. We had several identified, but uh, <clears throat> they they were excluded from further discussions. If Now that we will have that work session, we need to bring it up again. The one I submitted specifically had that on it. For the study session. For the study yes. session. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Aaron Quinn, so yes. Biofield meeting law. We will take these as directions that the manager will come back. It will be agendized so the public will be aware that the item will be discussed at a meeting and they can participate more fully. Thank you, Mr. Sam. Mr. Nolan, again, and as for Sam. No, I'll forget. Item 9F discuss some possible action on uh, Dewey Humboldt turning into a historical area. Mr. Barron. Um, so I guess this came up because I'm tired of watching downtown Humboldt just deteriorate and nothing happen of it. Um, the last thing I want to see is is that area crumble and fall down like the smelter did and there goes a big piece of our history. Um, I, I know there's been lots of discussion in, in the years past about trying to do something with the area purchase buildings, uh, try and, you know, revitalize it. I, I know at one point in time in, in the early, mid, later 2000s, um, 2008-ish, they had um, like $300,000 allocated, council did, to put towards revitalizing the downtown area. In 2009, they 
went away with that money um, and haven't seen it since. So I, I figure it's time to bring it up again and, and see if we're actually serious about preserving our history and, and taking care of those buildings, uh, whether it's designated a, a, a district if it's possible, um, uh, maybe, you know, uh, help in some form or fashion for somebody to get in there and revitalize them and bring them up to standards or or even if the town's interested in purchasing some of the buildings and and uh creating something there um and not watch it just keep on dilapidating so uh, I, I think i don't know if everybody saw uh david nystrom's email but if you did i mean there was a lot of really cool history uh and information that he had in there um that if if you weren't fired up watching reading that before you you should have been afterwards it was it was really cool what what he had so um you know i i don't know just wanted to get everybody's ideas and thoughts on it so all right mr finn i think it's a good idea to answer your question on that i did get dave's email he seemed very enthusiastic about it along with his history behind it um to revitalize it, the most important thing would be to give incentive and actually show a possibility to investors to actually go in and spend money on it, invest it. A lot of that, from my understanding, is tied to utilities, and the lack of utilities is, is part of what they're looking at as a hindrance. Ms. Lance. Um, so not to put you on the spot, but I know that you are the Spotlight. attorney for several revitalized old towns that have become huge. Um, when it comes to that, what would be a first step that you would suggest? My favorite brings up a good, a good suggestion. There's a good question. Um, and this came up actually at one of the members of the General Plan Steering Committee asked this very question. There are three things you can do. Some are easier than others. The easiest is historical preservation. That is to bar the demolishment of historical structure. Uh, the, the next easiest is where uh, the vice mayor is going. And that is creating a revitalization district where you can put money into the revitalization district. But that too, as Councilmember Fenn pointed out, is do you have the facility utilities for development? But that's something you should, you should consider. And as, as a, you all asked about the super fund, the super funds gives you the opportunity to be changing your code, changing your zoning code, your, your, your plan, changing your zoning code and creating opportunities that are consistent with the culture of the town. Having done that, I think you can then, in effect, create a revitalization district and agree to put back sales tax to, to, to promote it. The hardest, and we've tried this in Jerome, is aesthetics. The, the law does not constitutionally, doesn't like government telling property owners what paint they can Having said that, I've looked at a number of them where, where they say, we don't want hotels and motels in this historical district. That's a use. We can do that. But I'm not sure, and I think I said this before, so Sedona wanted to have the Golden Arches be turquoise. And you can't do that. And so, uh, um, Scottsdale did it. The only one in the world is Sedona. Really? Yeah. It's the only one. So the point is, though, so let's, let's look at the opportunities and maybe put this as an agenda item and come back. Are there areas that could be revitalized, revitalization districts 
Are there historical structures, which I think is a pure no-brainer that you can preserve? They're the more difficult one. And this is where you can give guidance as to what aesthetics do you want to cultivate in the town of Jerome? Town of Jerome. Jerome is far different. Um, so when it comes to the utilities, what hurdles would be um, needed to water you water and density? But you all got it. I, yeah, I, people live in those buildings, okay. and they have businesses in those buildings. Yeah, so when I when I hear facilities, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out what there, facilities or what I can, I can utilities. Further okay. if you want. Yeah, that'd be I great. Okay. Um, Also, if you look back through our records, and I did, and I, a lot of the buildings, well, there's hard, hardly any there now compared to what it used to be. Um, there were inspections and walkthroughs going all the way back to 2009, where they were looking at each of the buildings, what it needed, what it needed to uh, uh, open it up for commercial, and they even looked for, uh, at it for the town. Um, then there was a local first Arizona rural development uh, <coughs> bid that was put in, and I think it was shot down, but it was back in um, 2000, uh, I want to say 2021 uh, in October when uh, Ed Dickey was here. And, um, but it, it went through, it's a company that goes through and tells you what needs to be done in order to uh, uh, plan. A, uh, historic downtown, um, but it, it it it's just some interesting information to have. I I think that the best uh, source is the historic society to also go to them. I don't remember um, shooting it down, uh, but I don't think it ever came back in front of us because the local first was very um, informative. Yes, it, it looks it looks very informative when I looked at the proposal. Rogers. Well, actually, Terry was up first. Oh, okay. I know, but I had to ask to have Mr. Yeah, Ben. Okay. Okay. Terry was up before me. All right, Mr. Mr. No. Nolan. Thank you. Uh, we can go to the state and talk to them about putting it on a historic district. Uh, and that's the best way because you can get money from that, from the federal government if it's on a historic district register to revitalize the area. Ms. Rogers. Uh, and that kind of relates to what I was going to say. I've, I've, I've been under the impression for some time that something like that is the first step because once you have that, then you don't have to comply with the 2022 or whatever we're on building codes. Yeah. There are some historic building codes that you can comply with rather than the current. And that's been one of the things that's been holding up potential buyers on some of those properties down there. When they go to look at that and they go, oh, you know, blank, 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 what it's going to cost to do their business there to bring it up to spec. So I think that's the first, whatever the appropriate designation is, we have to start there. And then we can spread out and do all these other things because we'll have possibly finances, possibly... Uh, grant getters or whatever to go on but you got to have the designation first of the I mean I think and and I may be wrong but I think that's correct all right Mr. Finn okay 
I'm going to answer your question, and then can I continue and ask the attorney a question? Okay. Um, what I was referring to was like the one-inch line that was mentioned a little bit ago to the the town lot property and it not being an adequate size for fire sprinklers for commercial and things like that. Um, Bill, I have a question for you. This is an agenda item of its own. Yeah. So I can make a motion yes, on this yes, one, correct? Yes, yes. I would like to make a motion that we seek the uh, historic district dedication through the state of Arizona and actually pursue this as we should. Second. Oh, second. second. Can, I, yeah. can I just... We can discuss. Discuss. So, <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Barron. So I, I don't know about this, but just just to answer your question, it was last year I was working out by Hills and there was a house that had a fire sprinkler system in there. And uh, they had a one inch line at the meter and then from the meter to the house, it upgraded to an inch and a half line. And that supplied the city of Prescott for a new house in Yalpai Hills for that house to have the fire suppression inside. So I know, I know typically you have a one inch line coming in your main line feeding the whole entire town that's three four six inch whatever it is but your little springs coming off that are typical one inch lines i mean shoot they even go down a three quarter inch to supply a house so i don't i don't know the certain circumstances down there but when he said it, after you said it it just clicked in my head you might be able to have off the meter coming up an upgraded line that would still su uh, supply the demand that you need um, for whatever suppression, whether it's the community center or those Possibly other buildings so. or, or whatever. So, um, Ms. Lance. Um, so with his motion and the seconds, do have we reached out to the owners and are they, Hallelujah. are they, um, in favor of this type of thing would it be um in partnership with them would we be doing it arbitrarily if they don't want that would you know these are things that i have a question on just because i don't want to make someone else's life harder even though we all want to see those buildings brought up to a beautiful situation mr sims no you can't i mean we have a personal property protection act so if you were to take steps to cause an existing structure to be subject to a zoning regulation that, that increases cost, you have, you have a damage claim. The goal is, Flagstaff did this, that they demonstrate that, in fact, we, they increase the property values by having these, these, these recommendations. <coughs> Again, it would be you reaching out to the property owners, explaining to them why it's important, hopefully getting their consent. If you can't get their consent, then you're going to have to justify the change as not diminishing the value of their structure. So they allow them. So can we reach out to yes, in, you in this motion or do yes. we need to put it in the motion? Do we just direct the manager? That's part of it. Or the attorney. Direct, direct them. I think you should say, I, what I'm hearing is make the application for an historical district. I think embedded in that, if we find we may come back to you and say, we'd also like to do a revitalization district and generate, generate sales tax. And we will, once we get the information, communicate home. We do need it. General area. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't you have to draw a line? Don't you have a map? General area. So, are we going to come back to you with that, or are you going to tell us? I say from 69 all the way up Main Street to the Superfund site. 
that whole that whole block. Let us come back. Let yes. us come back with an area after we've talked to them, and then at, at that point, then we would know which property owners to give. Right. That give you more back from the citizens themselves. So I, I have another question before we take the vote. Um, if, are we still taking the vote? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, so what if um, what if the property owners are, are willing to sell the building? Is there grants or, or some sort of an opportunity to help in, in purchasing that? Um, being um, you know a potential downtown historical district or, or whatever we want to claim, call it? Um, are there grants to help the town to possibly acquire the properties if if we have some reluctancy from the property owners and they say, well, why don't you just buy it instead? You know, I mean, are we dismissing that option of, of possibly, the, the one, biggest problem with this town is we have no property. We have no acquisitions. We have nothing to sit there and get any type of revenue or anything off of it. And if we have an opportunity, I don't know why we don't try and take it. We'll come, we'll come back. So Jerome, Shippo has some grants, but they need to. Yes. So I, I don't think you can put all your, your eggs in that basket. But coming back to you, we'll come back to you with recommendations as to an application, recommendation as to an area, recommendation as to grants, and then once we identify the areas and get your authorization, we will meet with the property owners and explain to them why we think it's in their interest. When do you think you can have this body? Not by noon tomorrow. <laughs> say, say the first February meeting in February, or is that too soon? Well, the problem, yeah, no, not too soon. Dan and me, I'm not sure Shippo will respond that. So uh, we'll come back to you. We we'll, given the nine list. I don't want to be number ten on your list. So uh, we will come back in February. Okay. Twenty twenty four, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> there, there may be also rural development monies available as well. Uh, yes, Ms. Brooks. I have a hand up too. I don't know if she went down. Yes, I got it. I, I got. Oh, she, okay. Oh, he didn't Karen Brooks Humboldt. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Council, for letting me address address you on this issue. Um, I think the historical district would be fine. I think upgrading the sidewalks to where they're nice and smooth and not buckled would be an absolute godsend of a CDBG grant. Um, since those, <laughs> I'm not sure where our CDBG grants are. Uh, and at the same time, I think uh, we are to go ahead. I know back in 2021, if my poor old memory is working at all, um, I thought we authorized $75,000 to work with Local First Arizona to get this started. And um, I see that that never happened. So I think um, it's too late for this year's budget. But I think right now the two guys are to make notes or whatever and to put it for our 2024-2025 uh, budget to work with, put the money aside and start working with them, get ideas. And it can work in tandem with setting it up through the state and the feds and everything. But, and we can have the, we need to get the buildings assessed also and say, you know, be knowledgeable about what these buildings were, what the potential is, you know, what, you know, I know um, the store, the old store that Mark had 
has the tin ceiling and the hardwood floor and things. You know, they have a lot of assets. Now, the old, uh, the old uh, electric appliance store, which is the yellow that's now painted disgusting yellow. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a little anyway the hot point store that's what it used to be anyway i heard it's it's whole roof is is going and everything so you know we need to know what what's on these buildings and everything one thing that no longer is in existence is this old sewer system that these buildings all used to be on now they're going to have to go to some type of septic systems yeah, i've already done that so have you on all the buildings <laughs> Okay, fantastic. So that's taken care of. So, you know, these are things that, that everybody needs to know, and we need to do it. And I'd like to see a, a nice new sidewalk and maybe some trees and things to start beautifying. If we beautify the main drag, that entices people to beautify the buildings. Thank you. So if you're going to have another hearing on this, you really need to invite all the people that own the property down there so that they don't get bushwhacked with new rules and all of that. Um, there is a code in our, I don't have the number, it's called a pre-existing non-conforming use code, which means that if you are vacant or discontinue use of a commercial property for one year, you have to bring it up to code, which is stupid. We need to get rid of that because that's probably not helping us at all. Um, it, you need to involve the property owners. You don't. You can't just jump on these people and say, "Well, we want to do this down there." Um, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to anybody. So, and then if you're also going to have to follow the Secretary of the Interior's standards for treatment of historic properties. So that's feds, which won't be fun. And it's not going to make people down there happy, I don't think. <laughs> Mayor, Vice Mayor, why are you sitting over here? We'll sit here. Comfortable here, that's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> he likes his corner. Council, grumpy. So there's. A few things that I want you to all think about before you vote on this, and not that I'm an expert on this. Um, I know Terry is, but I'm, I'm not, and I don't know. Talk to Denise a little bit about the buildings. Um, talk to the property owner a little bit about the buildings. The challenge, in my opinion, is for a developer to go in there and try to revitalize this area, because, I mean, that's my vision of this downtown area. I mean, I'm just like... That would, that would put Dewey Humboldt totally on the map if, if we had this downtown area. Because it sits, if, you, if you're coming north on 69, I mean, it sits on a hill there. You don't really notice it, but if you look at it, it can be absolutely beautiful. The challenge is, is if, if one developer goes in there, it's really not a big enough project for one developer. Um, the guy that we were working with um, prior to us messing up everybody's plans over at Mortimer Farms, um, that was going to develop that. I actually talked to him about this project. He's like, if, you know, if we could combine a lot of areas together, we could make it a big enough development to make it make it financially work. 
for one person to go in there and or individuals to go in there and buy those buildings individually, there's just not enough momentum behind it. So if like if Jeremiah said, okay, you know, I've got a vision for the building Mark was in. It'd be really hard for you to go there. I mean, it could be a spectacular business. You could make your your business look amazing, but everything else is is still in status quo. It'd be hard for you to make it, in my in my opinion, just because it needs to be like a a global effect of that whole area. Um, so those are a couple things that I would want you to think about before we went to this historic district. The second thing is, does it make more sense to, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor. If those buildings can be restored, I mean, to me, that's option number one. If they can't be restored, does it make more sense? Because the, the property owner, um, to me, and he's probably, he, he's probably not listening, knowing that guy, but um, he, it's, he's not, yeah, he's not super motivated to sell. He must not, the family must not need the money or something. He, he identifies and he acknowledges that, that they're probably not going to sell. Um, the value, you know, and I expressed to him, there's probably more value just in the raw dirt than there is the structures. The structures, to me, at this point, are a liability, and I'm going to run out of time. But I just, can I have a, a little bit extra time, Mayor? We'll give it to you from uh... Mrs. Mortimer. <laughs> Am I being good, Charlie? <laughs> so the, this, the land is where the value is. If the structures could be part of the whole redevelopment plan, I think that would be great. But if we go in there and say, we're going to make this historic district, then we've got our hands tied and we're saying, okay, we got these buildings that nobody really, from a development standpoint, Terry, you probably know, but nobody else that would put the money where their mouth is could say, okay, these buildings do have significant value. It's worth putting this district into place because there's brand opportunities and there's money out there that we can take advantage of. So before we go down that road, we might not want to go down that road. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't eventually, but we, I think we should do our investigation first and then identify possibly and the new, are you the new Stephen Brown? No, he's to the left. You're the new Stephen Brown? That's awesome. I love it. So anything was an upgrade, buddy. Okay. So if we can identify what can be done there, work with some, some potential developers, get some more information, um, I think that's the way to go. And I appreciate everybody's time. Thanks for the extra time, Mayor. And Happy New Year, everybody. Mr. Mayor, that's why I suggested the resolution to say not only historical but organization. I agree, and you're just doing the evaluation right now from this. From yes, this yes, yes. I would like to amend so, what I said and take that okay. off the table. Okay. Can I? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to move forward in possibly creating a historic district on Main Street Humboldt. Seek, seek applications from the state, identify areas and property owners, and discuss possibilities of the district uh, with owners for their feedback and investigate and compare the historic district versus development. I'll agree to that second. Second. Okay. All right. Yes, Ms. Rogers. Um, I was. I wonder if you would like to adjust it a little bit, not to limit it to Main Street, because there are some historic buildings and structures farther out in the community. Historic that districts in Humboldt. Yeah, you go. Can you you guys bring yeah. back? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
right. Yep. Perfect. Okay. All right. Any other discussion on this? Okay. Seeing none, Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yep. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Councilmember Mayor. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. All right. 9G discussion possible action on preventing homeless camp from establishing and doing humble town limits. Mr. Barron. Uh, it's kind of an odd one, but a good one, I guess. Um, this one was asked by a citizen to put in, so uh, it's pretty much their vision, and, and uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of information on it. I'm hoping they'll want to stand up and, and speak if they feel like it, but it basically uh, uh, eliminate or prevent um, what we are seeing a common occurrence going around the country of people just camping and pooping and doing whatever they want to in the streets and, and not having much regulation and control over it. So this is kind of the first steps of taking, getting that control, uh, having something. Um, but I also know it's uh, kind of a double-edged sword with the way our code is right now. Uh, it poses some sort of issue. So um, I'm, I'm hoping somebody will help clarify the okay. vision or understand right. itself. So. Come on up, Ms. Collins. I had the great misfortune of going down to Phoenix last month. Very big misfortune of going down to Phoenix. And um, the homeless camps are kind of gone, and except for little groups. Um, the, we don't really have anything dealing with public nuisances like taking a bath in public and things like that. Those are the, you can't get, you can't tell them they are not allowed to sleep on the street because of Martin versus Boise went nine circuit courts fine with that. So you can't tell them you're not allowed to sleep on the street, on the side of the street, but you can control unacceptable behaviors and discourage it. Glendale, I think earlier this year passed a law against panhandling. So we're pretty much open territory until we start taking some action as far as preventative measures to make this, we don't have a problem. I've seen some things occasionally in downtown in the park before it got all emptied out. Every once in a while you'd see somebody sleeping on the picnic bench or whatever. But um, I think it's something worth getting ahead of before it catches up to us. I know Prescott has done some things about this, and if we don't do something and get ahead of it, it we're kind of like a open season. Thanks. Uh, yes, the question would be for the town attorney. How much of this can we fall back on Title 13 and not actually bring into our code? Almost none of it. Okay. The problem is the Ninth Circuit has San Francisco that creates problems for cities nationwide. Uh, the Eighth Circuit in Orlando came to a different conclusion. The Ninth Circuit held that you, if you wish to cause someone who is homeless from sleeping in, in, in a park, the only way you can charge them with a crime is if you're, there are available accommodations for them. So that's why you're seeing Mesa, 
Glendale, uh, uh, and he all Phoenix. creating public. Yes. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, get there. Okay, yeah. Phoenix screwed up. Yeah. Phoenix did it put before. Them on camp. <laughs> right. And then and then they let them acquire personal property. Right. And then the federal court judge said you can't take the property. And so, but here's the bottom line: is um, there, I, I did a two-page ordinance for the city of Wilcox that, in effect, we don't we call it urban camping, and we bar people from sleeping in parks. Um, the Ninth Circuit case would, doesn't allow that unless Winslow has available accommodations. So the IGA would do something to, to cause, so they could clear their park. There was one park that was terrible. I disagree. You do have the ability, that's your Title 13. Mm -hmm. It's not 2013, it's your own nuisance in Title 28. Is you can bar people from sleeping on sidewalks or in the streets because those are public thoroughways. LA's done that. LA has a, a camping ordinance that says you can't uh, you can't sleep on streets, you can't sleep on, 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 on sidewalks. The minute they get to the park, the only way to keep them out of the park is if you have available accommodations and you don't. And so what I suggest, I will give my two pager to Dan, and I think we'll put this on an agenda item. But the problem is this is only enforceable. Well, I guess my question is, do you have a problem? We don't have it yet. But well, this would be this would be a good way to start. And, and perhaps the reason why we don't have it yet is like Mrs. Brooks said, our sidewalks are not that wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> roads are kind of messed up. We keep them that way. <laughs> but uh, it, it will come. I, I think we saw a little bit of it up in uh, Blue Hills recently. Um, with uh, trespassers and squatters. But let, let, let me give him the ordinance, and then let's let's find out, are there other jurisdictions that are in the area that are developing homeless shelters that you could IGA with? But you only do that once you have a problem. Right. And so right now, what you can do is, if homeless people are appearing on your dilapidated sidewalk, you can throw them off. That is legal under the Ninth Circuit case. What you can't do is throw them out of a park. But what you can do is, if, this is where Phoenix ran into the problem. If they start a comp building up structures that are fire dangerous, that's that's nuisance. I'm not sure much as 13 as 28. 28, yep. well, 28 for the roads, and it's Title IX, 499. It's, it's a separate city. I'm quite a nerd. I give you these numbers. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean it's, it's a separate statute. So we will come back to you with a model ordinance. We'll come back to you with things you can currently do on current rights of way and current streets under the nuisance or 13. Uh, we'll come back to you. Let me call Wilcox and find out what they did with Tucson. This one, I'm gonna force you to work with your neighbors and find out if there are some of the other jurisdictions in the river area, you know, by county area, uh, have accommodations that you bluntly would have to pay for. But that gives you the ability to tell the sheriff, throw them out of the park, put them in this, put them in this structure. Yes, Miss Clough. She's offering the real estate. Lee Clough, do be humble. So probably ten or twelve years ago, there was a nuisance in the middle of the road, right where Mr. Nod was talking about. They hit the the barricade. I was doing a paper out. Thank goodness the guy was all dressed in white, right there, laying. Not here's the road. 
he's not laying this way. He's laying clear across him. So I turned around, went back to the church, called the police. And they're like, well, is he alive? I'm like, well, I'm not going to go look. He wasn't until I ate him. I mean, when you do paper routes, you'd be surprised where these people, I've seen them in Prescott. That was 15 years ago in Prescott Valley. They are just, whether they're drunk or what kind of homeless, they just lay down wherever they choose to. So I think this is really good because, yeah, if they lay on my property, I'm going to get them off. But what if they're on the road by my house? There's probably, you know, we need to think about it before we have problems. So thank you. I'm just asking if he's happy. All right. Item 9H, discussing possible action on six-month review of Dan Fields. Mr. Barrett. Uh, yeah, I believe, uh, depending on the time, difficult to find a signed copy of your contract. Um, but it went between two different months, so I think you were you were due for somewhere in November. Um, supposed to have so uh just figured we should talk with you and and uh so as you can see there's a lot of items in the last year that uh you know i brought up a lot of questions and figured it was time to do this as well so yeah um if, if i may uh yeah i think that what i was thrown for a loop because i thought because of the motion that was made back in May that it was one year that we were going to do it. And you made the motion for one year. And, and so, um, but what is uh, difficult about going through one is that you, uh, typically what happens, and I have no problem doing something in public uh, because it is what it is, but uh, normally, you would like to have from the beginning, and I guess that's where I'm kind of, uh, of uh, uh, confused on, on how evaluations happen here. And I know that uh, you haven't been on the council this is your first time, um, but when I went back to look, I couldn't find any of the, uh, the last eight managers in the last five years, because I think a lot of them didn't even last <laughs> that long. And that's why we didn't have an example of how to do it. But normally what you do is you base it on performance and we sit down and we say, okay, this is what we expect of you. Um, and, uh, and this is where we want to get. It's performance-based, but you have to take into account other things as well. Not just projects, but you have day-to-day -day operations that you have to talk about. Um, there has been a lot of things done it's not just what isn't done. You always want to also show what has been done. And um, uh, so it, it's kind of hard right now for uh, me to address, uh, you know, an evaluation without giving some example to you guys of how, you know, it should be laid out. Um, again, I, uh, Yes, there are several things that haven't been done. Some of those things have also been around for a while, but there has been a lot of things done, and I think that what we need to do is I think that the report, it should be a report that shows everything, 
and uh, that it can provide. And uh, again, I, I, you tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Okay. The few that did make it to their um, review dates, um, we usually did them in executive session, and it was like that. You bring what you, so you'll be prepared, we'll be prepared, um, and if that when we did the hiring, the motion was made at a year, so May would be your review time. So we would schedule it for May, apparently. Um, um, go from there, but it's usually done in executive session. Is it March or May? It would be March is when I started, okay. and I think everything related back to March. Contract I saw said six months. Ma'am. Yes, in Mr. the contract. I, I don't have a Mr. Field. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Finn. Um, same person. <laughs> I don't want to get it confused, but when when this came up, there was a motion made by Amy. I made a motion. It went from 135 to 125. The 125 had a six-month review tied to that motion. That motion did not pass. We all voted against it. I voted no, so did everybody else. Amy's motion came back up, and it was for a year from the date that he It was when he started, not when he got, because she was upset that he wasn't getting paid for two months is what brought the motion. The mayor was absent. That's the meeting or something. That's the meeting. That's not when he started. That's when he started getting paid. I know. Yeah. No, that's when it all happened. That's when the motion was made for one year, but the motion was made for when he started, not when he started getting paid. The verbal contract. Okay, well, I'm, I mean, let's say I was wrong on the six-month thing. You can still... Um, Still give a six month review of, or give a review at any given time, can you not? Sure. And and if I'm not mistaken, there was a little stipend up here in the agenda that says that the town council may vote to go into an executive session, which will not be open to the public to discuss certain matters. That's on the top of the agenda. So we can go into executive session at any given time and we can have a review at any given time, can we not? No. Review requires specific reference. You can go into e-session, you can legal advice, but they have, they have a review, the employee, you give the employee four hours notice, and then he has, a, he or she has the right to make a review open. And I know one thing I've learned in working with you and your constituents, you want everything in open. None of my governments do the manager's evaluation. They want a full and frank discussion. Oh, so he can. He's, he has the ability to ask for, ask for it to be in the open. That's in, that's in the statute. Yeah, yeah. So this was sent in last week. So he could have. No, he It could have been agendized to sit there and go into executive session. If we would ask to do that, yes, we could. Suggestions, Mr. Simpson. So whatever you have, you if you this council wants to review it sooner than March, I think you can give us direction tonight. To, it was on the agenda to set up an evaluation sooner than March. And if so, then we will agendize it. We'll include, it's called A1, that goes on the agenda. It's called an A1 personnel evaluation. And then that gives that gives the, the employee, the manager, the right to have it in public. But that couldn't be at tonight's meeting. Okay. 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 
I didn't, we don't, we have no direction. Yeah. Okay. I have permission. Thanks. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, um, maybe we make a, a suggestion to the manager to prepare for the first week in of the first meeting in March to do the review. And that way he has plenty of time to prepare. We have time to prepare. I suggest like before it should be an executive session because I would second like, that if it wasn't motion. Oh, it is. Then I will second it. Okay. Motion been made by Miss Lance, second by Mr. Finn. Any discussion on the motion? Okay. Seeing none, Miss Evans, roll call vote. <coughs> Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Mayor Hughes. Yes. And that passes to zero. Thank you, Ms. Evans. All right. I have one more question. Yes. So, is there a is there a formal format for this? Does does I mean, does, does our town invent our own? Is there one that the league puts out? Is there, or, or, or we just wing it? Mr. Sims. Right now, you are, this is the only town or city where the manager doesn't have a contract. Because that, that what happened was, he's here under authority, under a resolution. There is no severance. Every one of my other managers have severance. You don't have severance. Um, and so now, had a contract. The most important section of that contract is what you just asked about. And that is to set up a process to cause a dialogue between the manager and you as to what you expect and as to what he expects. I like <laughs> what I heard on the motion was he should come back with recommendations for evaluation in the March meeting. So um can you just repeat what you just said? Yeah. About him. The March meeting. It is, I think the direction is by resolution, by motion, by motion, is that the manager has been asked to to, uh, to, uh, to prepare a, a list of evaluation criteria that he would like to, that, he, that he is going to propose for you to evaluate. Well, you get to do the evaluation. You may want to change that. List. So I mean, the the, propo the motion was to prepare yes. a date for the, date the evaluation. Councilmember Rogers. Rogers. I can't my glasses on. Uh, uh, she asked about what's the format. Normally, it would be the manager proposes, you review and respond, and that becomes the template for doing the evaluation. This could be he he, and this is all this is all a one. It's confidential. He would send to you what he proposes. You could respond. Now, well, that's a problem. You can't respond. That would be an opening or violation. So I think what, what he could do is he could he could send you his list. And then we could, you, you could, in the course of the E session, uh, if you could have your own questions, we could make to build on the list that he gives to you. Uh, if we do it before, there'd have to be another e meeting yeah, before right, March right, right. for you right. to have all now, um, And when you say there's no contract, there is a contract, it's a verbal contract. Yes, yeah. So it's not like he has no contract, but um, there's no written contract and no severance pay, correct? Technically, employment uh, over a year has to be right, but it's unenforceable. He has no contract. Okay. But, 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 but that's the beauty of what he's giving you. There's no severance, and you get to call all the shots. Normally, the manager's agreement carves out a bunch of things. You never signed a piece of paper, Dan? No. Okay. You signed a check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. All right. 
<laughs> Moving on to item 10, considering possible action on additional special sessions, town meetings. There is none. So we'll move on to item 11, which is to adjourn at 9.03. Thank you all for coming. Thanks, everybody, for have, coming. Have